Welcome back to the Thermo Diet Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Miller, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Tyler Woodward. How are we doing today, Jaden? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. So today, Jaden and I are just going to be doing a quick catch-up. It's been about a month and a half since we last recorded the Thermo Diet Podcast, and uh, we're just going to see where the talk takes us. <laughs> Sounds good. So uh, you've been traveling. You went home. I went to Mexico. What are your biggest tips for staying thermo over the holidays, but also while traveling? Um... <laughs> Honestly, for me, it's pretty easy. My family is pretty accommodating. Um, my mom's pretty thermo. I've been able to convert her over the years. So um, it's relatively easy whenever I go back to Texas mm -hmm. and stay with her because um, she does pretty much exactly what I do, except her cooking's a lot better. So it's, nice. it's kind of nice going home. Yeah. How does a uh, thermo conversion therapy work um, for you? <laughs> well, um, at the time, it was just blasting her with as much information as I could. And then, um, over time, it got condensed and um, a little bit more streamlined. And um, my mom's a smart woman, so it's not that hard to explain things to her. Yeah. I, uh, my mom, I was talking to my mom last night. She's helped me write uh, a recommended value article about, uh, it's called, the theme is non-toxic new year and like getting rid of all the toxic things in your house and everything. And she's like, yeah, I'm trying to think all the things you've told me to throw out. And I'm like, yeah, that's actually not a bad thing to think about <laughs> for inspiration. But yeah, uh, I think, so yeah, you have an easy set. I, mine, mine's pretty good too. Um, my sister and dad are gluten-free. Um, I'll, I'll typically splurge with my mom and eat some gluten because uh, my mom likes, she's the only one that eats gluten now. So like, she'll do a lot of sourdough stuff, but like we'll get pizza and uh, she'll do like uh, wheat flour tortillas, which... Um, you know, I definitely feel a little bloated after nowadays, but I feel like it's also just because the flour is not good flour. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. As far as, um, driving down there, it's about like a nine, nine and a half hour drive. Um, usually pack up on some good grass fed beef jerky, lots of dried fruit, especially mm. like dried pineapple, dried mango. Um, those are probably my favorite. And then, um, outside of that, have a big old jug of orange juice and Hit the road. Is there, I got to get on the dried fruit ground. Yeah. I feel like I don't do that enough. It's so convenient too. It really is. Yeah. Um, the dried pineapples are really, um, that's one that I've tried more recently and it's, it's pretty good. You ever grill pineapple? Yeah. I like grilled pineapple. What's well, like, I never did it, but they do it a lot in Mexico and I thought I really wanted to try it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just warm pineapple pretty much has a little bit of a charred taste to it. Mm -hmm. If you burn it just a little. Does it change the flavor at all or? Mm, it can. Um, sometimes whenever you cook it a little bit more, it'll make it a little bit sweeter because mm. um, I think it breaks down some of the starches to um, allow more sugar to be present. It's just like if you were to cook bananas or something, mm -hmm. they might end up being a little sweeter. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the, the cool things. I mean, the, when I was in Mexico, the culture is just so different. And I was talking to, we went horseback ride and I was telling you about this. And they, the cowboys, the vaqueros, it was, they made us a homemade, or this wife made us a homemade meal. And I was asking them, I was like, right, what do you guys fry this in? Um, Cause I speak a decent amount of Spanish. And uh, I was asking them about the tortillas. And it was like, is this a masa harina? Which literally translates to corn flour. We call it masa harina as a specialized nixtamalized corn where it goes, they basically bake the corn in lime, which opens up some of the nutrients. And they knew all of that. They're like, oh yeah, this is traditional masa harina. Like we put it through the lime and that, you know, so you get more vitamins in it. You talk to the average person in the US, they, like, this is just a cowboy in a rural farm in San Miguel de Allende. And I you feel like you talk to the average person in the US or even someone like 
cooks a decent amount, they're not going to know that mm-hmm. unless they're in the thermo bioenergetic like sphere. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, that has a lot to do with the amount of industrialization <clears throat> that we have around our food system in America too. Like, um, and the amount of education that we have around it, that's just purely incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense why they wouldn't. Yeah. I think they, I guess when you get closer to your food source, you really know more about like the, how the preparation process, I was like listening to Jay and Mike last night and they were talking about how in Mexico, for some reason, uh, Jay's in Mexico currently, I believe. And, uh, they grill the short ribs, ribs. They don't like slow cook it. He says it's terrible. Hmm. And there's a reason like you slow cook these meats. There's a reason we prepare the foods the way they do. It's because the slow cook breaks down a lot of the collagen, which makes it a lot more tender. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Like, I guess they just missed the ball on that one. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, different traditions have different ways of cooking things that are more favorable to the people who mm-hmm. cook them. Um, I would be interested to see if like there's spices and stuff that they use to grill them. Um, would be good in a slow mm. cooked fashion. They do a Mexican coffee. You ever had that? With tequila? What? That is not what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's the only form of Mexican coffee that I've heard of is adding a shot of tequila uh, to it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm uh, I have the wrong name, but it was like cinnamon in the coffee. Oh, okay. It was pretty good. Nice. It was interesting. It was a little spicy. Um, I wonder if what kind of cinnamon they use the the Ceylon or the whatever the other one is, but I mean, not going to ask that. Uh, the last thing I thought was interesting is they all, um, so they used to fry in cerdah, like pig and, or lard, and they all transitioned to, I was telling you this, they transitioned to corn oil because they were, I don't know why they, if they saw it themselves that the, the lard was causing them disease, they said like it was causing you to be sick. Um, but they, so they switched to the corn oil, which don't personally, I don't think it's any better, but I, I would be interested to see if it was like kind of government influence, like from the industry or they kind of came to that conclusion themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, um, easier to get lard from the pigs that you raise and there's probably a lot more money for the government in the corn that they produce. Mm. Um, so yeah, there might be some money hidden somewhere in yeah. there that you don't know about. Plus all those all that large, probably mostly corn oil anyway, mm-hmm. if, if they're just switched to corn oil, you know, yeah, which is, uh, not the best source of lard. Yeah, no, definitely not. But it is what it is. It is I mean, is. we have our trouble in our food systems too. Most of the, most of the food that you see at the grocery store is poofa laden. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. I was reading the strong sisters like egg guide and I think they have like 30% I'm, I'm probably misquoting this, but less omega threes and poofas in their eggs. They have a lot more monounsaturated fat, so it doesn't get like any more saturated. But you get a lot less of the omega threes, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how different like people, and that's what we were talking about, um, or I was conjecturing about how if you fed the chickens like thermo chickens, would their amino acid profile be different, more metabolically friendly? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it also depends on the food source. Like the, you said that the amino acids that they intake is going to manipulate the amount mm-hmm. of amino acids that they have in the muscle. Uh, I think it's, it's possible. Like there could be like, uh, I'm just going to make a, an example that I don't know is true. Like maybe they just don't burn methionine at, at a, so they just tend to store it for whatever reason. I mean, we probably have pretty similar like genetic things and it's probably going to be pretty similar, but like they they might tend to just store methionine or use more tryptophan in their muscles or something like that. But it's also definitely 
somewhat related to, you know, as, as it is in us, like how much they eat, methionine, tryptophan, cysteine, glycine, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I would conject that it would uh, be interesting to like test it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people don't realize that, um, Chickens are a lot more carnivorous than you think. Um, they're technically omnivores because they eat plants and insects and stuff like that. But if you put like certain plants next to a pile full of bugs, they're going to go for the bugs 100% mm-hmm. of the time. So um, I think that that is a realization that a lot of people need to have is that um, you, you're not really supposed to feed chickens a bunch of seeds and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, their natural diet is more of a makeup of proteins and um other animal carcasses you ever seen the strong sisters feeding them their chickens liver yeah they go crazy mm-hmm. yeah dude it was interesting the guy down the street at western daughters said it's illegal to feed pigs meat in really? the u.s yeah hmm. i mean maybe you could do it if you have your own pigs but to sell it i guess yeah that's interesting yeah i'm not really sure i'm um Whenever I raised pigs, we just fed them grain. So mm-hmm. um, that was well before the thermo days. Uh, so I'm not really familiar with the with the pigs diet. I haven't done much research in regards to that. Um, I've mostly been focusing on chickens because that's one of the closer steps for mm-hmm. me to to get for sure. Yeah, I was told we were talking about duck eggs. I was told duck eggs do not taste good. I've had duck eggs myself and they're okay. not too bad. Yeah, the really big ones. Yep. Uh, they're just a lot more rich really? compared to chicken yolks. Yeah. Why would that taste worse? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, you could probably taste it in the fat in the meat as well. Like a lot of people don't really like duck in general mm-hmm. because of the way that it tastes because of the fats in it. Um, so it could be the same reason as that. You think it's similar to like, it could be probably different, but grass fed meat, how it's a little bit more gamey. Yeah. Their diet might uh, have more omegas in it too. Like if they're eating a bunch of fish and stuff like that too, then they probably have a little bit mm-hmm. more omegas that could be a little, um, less enjoyable for people. Yeah. Well, I feel like the, the poof a lot. And cause if you, you know, you eat the, the Wagyu beef, like they're just really obese, fed horrible grains. And that's typically what makes people think they're good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it kind of does taste good. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, but not the healthiest thing. So I would think maybe the duck would taste better because the omega-3s, or it could just be different, but. Yeah. um, It could also just depend on whether or not the duck is wild versus Mm. if it's a conventional fed duck. Um, I'd be curious if whoever tried that got the duck eggs at a grocery store or Mm -hmm. if they got it, you know, from a farmer or some other natural production. Have you, uh, you ever listened to Sam Harris? Um, a few times. Yeah. I'm not, the uh, pastors. Yeah. No, 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 not the atheist dude. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I, Will Harris. I've listened, I've listened to Sam Harris a couple of times and I'm not a fan of his nihilistic perspective. Um, or I, he's more nihilistic in my perspective than, um, most people that I enjoy listening to. Yeah. He's, uh, he's interesting, but, uh, Will Harris is the owner. I think his name is Will Harris. It might be Sam Harris. I think it's Sam Harris, honestly. Um, the owner of white Oak pastures. Okay. Rogan had him on. And did he's, I mean, it was crazy. He's like one of the first like regenerative agriculture, like people that really made it popular. And it's really crazy. All the things he was saying for him to grow a pound of chicken, like you go and see a pound of chicken in the store for like $2. He's like, it cost them $1.20 to grow a pound of chicken. It cost me $4, which is crazy how the difference in like a quality chicken. He said a chicken has just made the way chickens are is just very friendly to the industrialization process. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're very small animals and they're easy to corral and mm-hmm. put into places and, uh, they grow very quickly. So that's another benefit is, um, you know, cattle's a lot more expensive. It takes a lot longer to, for them to develop and mm-hmm. grow to a point to where you can actually make money off of selling them, uh, based on their weight, but chickens grow super quick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could have potentially three different herds in a, in a year. I could be completely off for this too, from a time frame. So all the farmers out there, please don't, uh, take this as a quote directly from me. It's kind of like a rough guess. Um, but you could have like two to three herds a year of chickens versus like, you know, you could get one cow slaughtered in a year and then, you know, potentially have another one born and growing for the next year. Mm-hmm. You, do you have to slaughter every animal when it's like pretty young? So I know chickens, it's like six months, is it? Um, I'm not really sure on, on that stuff. I still have a lot of research to do um, before I decide to actually get chickens and grow them myself. But um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I know Brent was telling me he tried to eat some egg chickens. like, And I don't know if he told you this, but he said... He brought him to the butcher. He's like, you're going to eat these. The butcher was like, like, you're going to eat these. And he was like, yeah, like, why wouldn't I? It's chicken. And he's like, okay. He, and you know, he butchered them, gave them to Brenton. And Brenton was like, I, now I understand why he gave me that look. He's like, they were the worst thing ever. Like he said, he, like, he couldn't even get it down. I think he had to make it into like a broth or something. Interesting. Um, I think, I don't know if it's cause like the hormones they gave the chickens for, to lay eggs continuously. I guess they don't really need hormones. They just need to not be pregnant. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> I think it's just the age, and that might be why they kill cattle at like two years old too. Generally, or yeah, beef. Yeah, um, the older the animals get, the more tough that the meat is going to get. Um, so it definitely could be that for sure. I know that like um, wild pigs, for instance, in Texas, like um, the younger that you shoot them, the more favorable they are to eat. The older ones. Um, you just want to dispose of them really because the game taste really, um, it like has more time to marinate in the meat and it's mm-hmm. a lot harder to, um, not taste that in the meat if it's a really old pig. You don't want the gamey taste really? No, huh? it's kind of gross. Um, in pigs or yeah. And pigs, like if you, if you have an old wild boar, mm-hmm. you could, you can smell that thing from half a mile away. Like they stink bad. Really? Um, and that, stench is in the meat like you can taste it oof Mm -hmm. that is gross have you ever had like a young wild boar yep is Mm -hmm. that really good yeah it's not bad i mean it tastes like regular pork chop really it's Mm -hmm. not very different from um it it has a little bit of a gamey taste but um if you cook it right it's not bad Mm -hmm. yeah he was also saying um that cows so he was talking about at some point during the pandemic they had to just um euthanize like hundreds of thousands of chickens I forget what the reason was. I think avian flu. It was the avian flu. I think so. Yeah, that was um, that was one of the reasons that eggs were so expensive this past year. They went up by like a dollar or two Mm. per dozen because of the avian flu. They were having to kill like flocks of chickens at a time because if one of your chickens has the flu, you have to kill the entire herd according to the FDA. So really, yeah. Cause you know, they could, they've been exposed to it, so they could potentially have it. So you have to get rid of the entire flock. Hmm. They can't just like, you know, wait it out. Mm-mm. That's no. crazy. Um, but he was saying that he was, I forget, it may have been that. I forget why. Uh, you think that's also why eggs are so expensive right now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I was reading in the morning brew this morning that egg prices are slowly starting to drop back down, but, um, that was one of the main reasons because they had to kill 
a large percentage of the population of chickens. It's crazy. But uh, he was saying about cattle that if, <clears throat> so like if he kills his bulls or his cattle around two years, and he said if he didn't kill them, they would probably live to like around 18, 20 years. That's how it's like the lifespan. But if you took the grain fed, the industrialized cattle, and they get killed around 18 months, if he said he don't, he doesn't think they would live another year if you just let them live, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, if you kept feeding them the same way and treating them the same way, I don't really see them living that much longer after that either. Yeah. It's wild. Like people think they're just eating meat and they all meat's the same, but you're really eating like, you know, I made the analogy once, like the Peter Griffin versus the Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like you're eating sick, obese cows that, I mean, you can't eat sick chickens, but we eat bad meat pretty much all the time. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to eat Arnold Schwarzenegger meat. It's <laughs> probably got some uh, weird stuff in it yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, probably. I mean, you'd probably bulk up real quick, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, yo, it was actually the funniest thing that uh, he, he said they use every part of the cattle. Um, and so he brought Rogan at the end of the episode, uh, like the set, the ball sack. Oh, a nice. leather balls. Have you ever heard of this before? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people who will attach a ball sack to the back of their trucks in Texas. Well, no, no, no. Not the, not the literal. I don't think it was a little, it was literally like he made it into a bag. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was just like the ball sacks without the balls. Mm -hmm. was, is that? Yeah. I have a kangaroo pouch in my okay. car that's like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like, what the fuck do I do with this? Like, like put three golf balls in there. <laughs> it was, uh, it was pretty funny. But yeah. Um, Regenerative agriculture is definitely something I would like to look into more. I'm Brenton's really into it. It's so, I think it's so fascinating. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, permaculture in general is just such a fascinating realm. And the idea of being able to build resiliency into your food sources that you grow yourself is um, awesome. And the ability to have a, a place where everything works together and is synergistic, like, mm -hmm. you know, the chickens fertilize your crops and then um, your crops feed the chickens and you know, you have a water source somewhere on there that, uh, is accessible to everything. I mean, uh, it's, it's really cool. And the ability to also build back land that has been decimated by mm -hmm. somebody is, um, a really cool practice. And it's really cool to see. How would you define permaculture? Permaculture is, um, basically no, it's permanent agriculture. So it's basically the idea of building ultimate self-sufficiency into a system that allows you to, um, basically, uh, have a self-sustaining system. Uh, like, a a lot of people will build like food forests. Mm -hmm. So, uh, they'll build plants in a certain way, uh, in a certain, the given area that they have and they'll over time have, It'll just continue to add more things into it that um, benefit each other and also benefit you. Um, that's a very broken definition of it. But yeah, the idea is just uh, having a permanent agriculture system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was talking about that, something similar to that in the regenerative system where it's like the cows. And he's talking about they went from 0.5 percent, uh, you know, like, uh, organic matter in the soil it's like five percent which is mm -hmm. like insane in there's a video of looking at his neighbors run off the water from this big storm compared to his his one runoff is just clear pure water while the neighbors just all of his topsoil is just gone because of this all this organic matter they've built up all the microbes mm -hmm. and you're saying the cows you know they poop and that really helps the microbes get in the soil. And I think the chicken poop does it as well. And I couldn't, you might be able to explain it better, but basically the cows help keep, keep the chickens, help keep the pork 
and they help fertilize the plants, which it was just like this one process where they all help each other in this weird way. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. And also with, um, permaculture too, you don't use any kind of pesticides or harmful, um, chemicals like that. For instance, you would look at the entire system and figure out what is missing that is allowing, um, some kind of pest to be present. Like, mm. um, if you have a bunch of slugs in your garden, you don't have enough ducks to be eating the slugs. So you need to get some ducks in your garden to eliminate the slug problem. Um, so looking at it from a holistic perspective and seeing like, um, what can you add to this system that is going to counterbalance the, the problem area, mm -hmm. uh, is kind of, kind of the idea. Uh, Bill Mollison is the father of permaculture. I'd really recommend checking out some of his work as mm -hmm. well as, uh, his protege, Jeff Lawton, and that's spelled G-E-O-F-F-L-A-W-T-O-N. One of those guys. Yeah. Well, he's Australian, so oh, makes that how sense. do it over there? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I would check out their work and, you know, there's all kinds of information all over YouTube about this stuff as well. Yeah. So uh, sometimes I just want to go out and uh, make it a farm and just disappear. Yep. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'll see you. Um yeah, I think, oh, so you want to talk briefly about, um, just, you know, losing the holiday weight? Sure. Let's do it. Um, so first of all, probably the best strategy is uh, not to put the holiday weight on, but it's too late for that. As you can say, <laughs> gain some weight over the holidays. Um, but I mean, if we're talking about, <clears throat> I think you can use this and I think it's a great time to use this as a time to grow. And I do mean that both physically and like met metaphorically. Like go to the gym, like start really hammering the gym and turn some of that weight you gained into muscle. And also, um, I mean, that's the, we're in a higher body fat relatively and you don't want to be too fat. You're in a very surplus state. You typically, or what would you call it? A, uh, thriving state, mm -hmm. um, an abundant state. Yes. That's the word. And you are probably in a great position to go put on some tissue and, um, use that to your advantage. Don't always just be like, Oh, I need to lose this fat. You know, we got six months till summer. So, um, any advice you'd add? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely got a little layer going on because I injured my knee. Mm. Um, so I haven't been able to do as much jujitsu, unfortunately, which means my cardiovascular activity has gone down quite a bit, yeah, um, me too. resulting in a little bit of weight gain, but, um, you know, it's not significant and it's definitely something that I know will come off pretty easily once I resume my previous activities. Um, it's just a matter of waiting on it. I also think that, you know, um, having a little bit of weight on you during the cold season is never a bad thing. It mm. helps keep you a little extra warm. Um, yeah, I'm just not a fan of cutting weight in general. So, um, in my opinion, just keep it on and, and do more. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I think there's definitely something to be said about, I mean, the skinny people, I mean, you see like my grandma, my mom are just really skinny and they're cold all the time. And that's definitely a thyroid issue too. At some point, in my opinion, um, I think it probably runs my family, but like you need to have some meat on you and that could be muscle too. But I think bodybuilders when they get really lean are always freezing too. They'll be like 80 degrees. That's why they all live in Miami. Mm -hmm. Phil Heath is the only bodybuilder ever to live in a cold climate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it has to do with just your thyroid activity goes down tremendously whenever you get to below a certain body fat percentage. So, um, you know, you, you start getting too lean, you're definitely going to start freezing your butt off, but also, um, your protective layer that 
conserves heat is also being eliminated too. So you have more heat escaping your body, Mm. um, or it's escaping your body a lot more easily than it has previously. So, um, yeah, body temperature regulation is something that is, um, easily manipulated for sure. Whenever Mm. it comes to losing or gaining weight. I also think it's, uh, I mean, I could be wrong about this, but it's a little bit underrated of an aspect that every time you gain weight, um, you're putting on, if you're doing it in a thermo way, hopefully you're putting on mostly saturated fat. And, you know, one of the goals of thermo is to, you know, kind of desaturate or, or saturate your fat stores and get rid of the PUFAs. So when you lose weight, you typically burn more PUFAs, which is pretty stressful on the body. Um, but, you know, if you can do it gradually and do it in a good way and more, more so detoxify them, hopefully you're putting on those good fats that will, you know, increase your metabolic rate in the long run. Definitely, for sure. And also make sure, uh, you know, get your vitamin D supplementation in if you're not getting any sunlight. And make sure, even though it's cold in a lot of places, I mean, I know we have Austra- listeners in Australia as well, but get outside, get your steps in, like go to the gym, whatever you need to do to don't just, you know, use the winter to stay inside and do nothing unless you have a bum knee. But even then, Jane's going for walks and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm walking. I'm still doing uh, resistance training for the other areas of my body and doing a little bit of, uh, you know, rehabilitation work for the knee and stuff. So I'm definitely not completely inactive, just not as active as I was before. So um, I definitely don't get out of the habit of keeping your body moving because it's a lot harder to start something back up and get back into it than it is just to, you know, maybe very sparingly continue mm-hmm. something over uh, uh long amount of time. Yeah. And even, I mean, they've shown that with muscle too, that you just put it back on so much more readily, so much harder to gain muscle than it is to regain muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's cause like the, the nuclei that are there in the mitochondria that, that just don't really go away. Mm-hmm. But cool. You got anything else? Um, no, not really. I mean, just, you know, an object in motion stays in motion and an object at rest will stay at rest. So, um, stay active and don't get lazy. There yeah. Newton's first law. I have no idea. One of it's one of those. Over I think there. it's Newton's first law. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, be good. Have a good one.